Welcome to Slayer Fest 98. Woo! Season 2! Of both uh, this show and Buffy. I am Ian Carlos Crawford. I am Matthew Rodriguez. And today we are joined by special handsome guest... David Vasquez. Yay! We are here... Today is a very special day in our history because it is a completely Latino queer podcast. We're here to discuss Buffy la Matadora de los Vampiros. (laughs) Isn't it Casa Vampiros? Casa Vampiros? Like slays vampires. Oh, I I said said Buffy the Slayer of the Vampires. Oh, whatever. Because, I don't know... Listen, don't look at me. My Spanish asked, is terrible. I asked my English teacher in um, eighth grade how to translate it, and that's what she said. Sidebar: My English teacher was from Cuba. Eek. <laughs> so that's what she told me. <laughs> I just always think La Buffy because that's what my grandma says. <laughs> La Buffy. <laughs> like it's, anyway, it's like one thing. Anyway, David. Is I know. Like, David is. <laughs> glaring at us <laughs> anyway we are going to discuss some assembly required and school hard today yeah but so first yeah so we're, we want to know um everyone wants to know david what's your buffy origin story like how did you start watching it oh i've been preparing for this since i heard the first episode <laughs> well when i was a little boy back in old country south <laughs> florida how many years ago was that um i was actually obsessed with the um movie when it had just come out on vhs uh i was around six or seven at the time and uh a relative of mine rented it for me i watched it i watched it again then it came (laughs) out on uh then it was out on HBO, like back when they used to keep showing the same movie a whole bunch of times in a month. Uh, then my mom caught me watching it, forbade me to watch it. I, Why did she forbid you to watch it? My mom went through this um, period through a lot of the 90s where she was selectively Christian about things. I wasn't allowed to watch The mm. Simpsons because of their m- moral ambiguity. Um, I, she didn't want me watching dork-sided things. Um, and Buffy as a, uh, a movie about vampires played into that, but I still watched it when I could. Um, it was very much on my radar, um, when it was promoted as a show that was coming on mid season, um, hmm. on the, on the WB. So I was just ready for it because this movie that, that was like my favorite movie three or four years prior, um, was being turned into a TV show. Like I thought everyone had forgotten about it, but I hadn't forgotten about it. So I was there from from the pilot. So when you saw that it was coming, did you have to like sneak to watch it? Or did your mom think because it was TV, it couldn't have been as bad as a movie? Or did she not even... Well, she was coming down from that. Um, and I was getting some... I was I was now in the fifth grade when Buffy uh, started airing on WB. Uh, and my mom did tell me a few times that she didn't want me watching it. I do remember an episode in the second season... The show, I was uh, lying on the, like, on my stomach watching it, like, with my face up on the big TV in the living room, and I had no idea that my mom was behind me crocheting until the show <laughs> ended, 
And she said, <laughs> you shouldn't be watching this show. <laughs> Do you remember what episode it was? No, I just remember it was the second season because I was in the sixth grade. I, hopefully it wasn't like innocence. I know. <laughs> she just like saw Buffy and Angel like going or patch or um, surprise. Yeah. But that's really funny. Um, the only so my mom would do that sometimes too, um, but like never admits that she like she'll be like I didn't do that because the only thing she ever told me I couldn't watch was The Craft. Like me and some friends, I think I was in seventh grade, maybe eighth. I like I remember the friends that were going to see it, and like last minute my mom was like, "Wait a minute, what's that movie?" And I was like, "Oh, it's The Craft. It's a movie about witches." And she was like, "Oh yeah, you can't see that." And that's the only movie she ever like didn't let me see. Um, and then like. Honestly, like, a few years ago, we were on the phone, and she was like, oh, you know a movie I saw on TNT that I think you would really like? It was about these witches, um, and, like, one of them was really evil, and one of them was new in town, and I was like, Mom, is that a craft? She was like, why? I was like, because you didn't let me watch that when I was little, and she was like, that never happened. <laughs> <laughs> well, the, what, what's funny is, to your Simpsons note... Is that my growing up? My pastor watched The Simpsons, oh, and he would always really? talk about it. And he would be like, "It's the only show on TV that has regular Christian characters." Oh, right. I remember. Like, I read something about that. that yeah, like, like, and they go to church every right. Sunday. And he was like, and they go to church, and he was like, "It's like the only show that has like people actually talking about Christianity." But they were like, there were a lot of jokes at their expense. Yeah, at their expense, but there are also a lot of jokes at Homer's expense. He's a dumbass. True. Yeah. I think everyone's equal. Everyone is equal. Equal fodder. Kind of on the Oh, senses. I guess I'm like most of the town was actually right. Christians. They all went to yeah. that same right. church. Some assembly required is a filler episode, kind of. Right. I, I think it's great that we're doing these two episodes. It's uh, because one of them is probably in- included on a lot of guides on episodes that you can skip, <laughs> while the other one is very much compulsory watching for anyone yeah. either like rewatching right. it as a longtime fan. Or watching it for the first time without trying to see all million episodes of the show. So, and I, I think it's you're exactly correct. And I think what's interesting is that Some Assembly Required is, um, you know, Joss Whedon is someone who a lot of, in a lot of these episodes, almost like if you're watching The X-Files. Like, it's very clear that this was influenced by yeah, Frankenstein yeah. and Frankenstein's monster. Mm. It's like a such a clear... You know, just genre piece, like, you know, I'm doing this based on this really classic character. It's not real. It's very by the book. And in a lot of ways, School Hard changes the series. Yes. Like, if you're thinking about the first ten, the first, you know, season and what it does, and Prophecy Girl is the first time that I think the show really breaks the mold and does something new. And then you come into When She Was Bad, and then Some Something Quiet is just like a by the book's monster of the week and then school hard just like changes what the show is about i think it's the first i was saying saying to ian i think it's the first actual scary episode where there's like i mean not saying like it would scare you now but there's an element of like they're trapped in the school the lights are off um spike is new and dangerous and all this stuff and it's just a really like it's a it's a game changer of an episode whereas some assembly required is kind of like basic episode they even do that thing that they do in a lot of the earlier episodes where they, like, introduce this, like, plot point that should be important, that Cordelia has a dead ex-boyfriend that is, like, never brought up right. ever again. Like, she's living with trauma and, like, it's never come and up it's before. Like, yeah, never come up and never comes up again. Um, Angel wears a khaki jacket, which is so weird. <laughs> um, it looked like he stole Joyce's jacket. Like, it, yeah, it really did, like... 
Buffy, have you seen my jacket? Did <laughs> oh, you study buddy take it? Boyfriend's wearing it. Um, and Giles practicing... Giles is a little bit off-brand in this episode, because he's, like, very, like, consumed with, like, oh, I'm asking Miss Calendar on a date. Right. And, like, that aspect is fine, but then, like, he doesn't want to help them because he wants to go to the pep rally with Miss Calendar as a date. And I'm like, that doesn't seem like Giles. Like, that feels like not Giles-ish. Well, he definitely becomes, like, a bumbling... Like, if he's really, at this point, still the nerd... Not not the Willow nerd, but, like, he's the older version of the nerd. Yeah, like, yeah. you're kind of seeing him as this, like, bumbling older nerd. Which is kind of weird, given what we find out later yeah. about Giles, about him being Ripper, Ripper and stuff like that. Like, I don't think he would actually get butterflies over... Unless it's different... <laughs> Sorry! <laughs> I knocked the microphone. Um, unless it's different because... Maybe, like, when he was Ripper, he was just, like, a bad guy who slept with a bunch of girls, and maybe he really likes Jenny. Maybe mm-hmm. that's part yeah. of it. I don't know. But, but it, yeah. I mean, even the bumbling is fine. Like, that feels a little bit off, but I can buy that, but it's, like, the fact that he doesn't want to help them. Right. Because he's like, oh, but I have this date. And it's like, but you are a watcher with right. a vampire slayer working for you, and there are monsters. Like, you can't but just the, be like, no, I have a date. But the interesting thing about the whole, like, that I think if we wanted to draw out, like, what the important stuff in some assembly required is, it would be, like, the maturation of the Jenny Giles plotline. And, I mean, Joss is still a a writer or, like, a crafter who can do, like, a throwaway episode that has important takeaways, which we spoke a lot about. Oh, there's a lot of those. And usually it comes, like, at the end, the thing that you really need to know for the next episode. And it's not, like, another show called Charmed, (laughs) which can't do that. We're not talking about Charmed <laughs> on this podcast. <laughs> We're not discussing it in depth, but we can throw shade at it. Can we? Before we recorded this episode, David informed us that we always go off subject, <laughs> so we can talk about Charmed, David. <laughs> <laughs> this wouldn't be the first one. Mm, you're so handsome. <laughs> but that's off topic. That's off topic, yeah. <laughs> Um, wow, you guys are being such gay Latinos at me, <laughs> holding my words against me when I'm on microphone! <laughs> You're welcome. All right, Miha, let's move on. Better. So, they also, I don't even remember who says this, but about Jenny Calendar being a techno-pagan, they're like, ask her to bless your laptop or something, when they're, like, prepping him to, like, ask her out. I forget who's, is it Willow that says that? I don't know. No. It's probably Xander. Yeah. It sounds like a Xander thing. How many times have I blessed your laptop? <laughs> well, now that it's turning to dust, um, it could use a few more blessings. Oh. David has fixed my computer many times because he's a great friend. Yay. Um, anyway, and yeah, so there's this Frankenstein monster. I do like that they all, like, they kind of aven- uh, like assemble the Avengers for this episode. It makes it, like, a not-so-interesting plot a little bit more, like, watchable. I mean, everything is yeah. watchable because, like, the character's... But, like, they all are involved in, like, helping them at the end. And, like, they all go to save Cordelia. And, like, even Miss Calendar comes in. Um, yeah. I feel like that's all I have to say about this episode. <laughs> that and the voodoo Frankenstein. His face looked like a baseball. The end. Oh, yeah. It did. He was just, like, such a whiny... Like, for a guy who was supposed to be, like, the head of the football team. And yeah. And be, like, this really... He was, like, peak fragile masculinity. Like, really... Just, like, so whiny. Yeah. It just seemed out of character. Or maybe it was really... It was a yeah. really woke way to write a, like, yeah. fragile white football player. <laughs> and Joss deserves a 90s woke award. 
<laughs> mm. I, actually, for 90s, probably. Like, Yeah. I don't know. Other shows in the 90s had people of color. That's true. Don't school us on it. <laughs> we have talked about this yes. on the podcast. There was a girl who played the tuba in, in the puppet show, and she was black. And it was like the first person of color on the show. And she didn't die. She didn't, yeah. She lived. Unfortunately, in school hard, the only person of color is that teacher that gets his neck snapped by Spike. Right. Um, so does that mean that we've moved on to school hard? You know, I don't think we move on. I think we... We do it organically, David. Yeah, you're very, like... (laughs) And we're just, like, rolling with the home. So you're the uptight one, and Matthew and I are, like, the, like, cool, chill one. Though, actually, the funny thing is, when it's just me and David, I'm the uptight one, I think. What do you think? Also, because you're the WizKid, I think you're the Willow, and I think I'm the Buffy, and I think you're the Xander. Oh, wow. Uh, what? You're the disrespect. Xander! I'm not the Xander! <laughs> yes, you are! I'm the Buffy. Hey, as long as I'm not the Xander, I'm fine. <laughs> I'm not the Xander in any way, shape, or form. This is like, I'm the Mary and you're the Rhoda. <laughs> <laughs> because we even said that you're Faith and I'm Buffy. Yeah, but Xander and Faith are not the same. Anyway, so... Ah, rude! I, this podcast is officially done. Yeah, honestly, <laughs> we're disbanding. You're Faith, you're Buffy, and I'm Kendra dying at the end of the episode. Never to return. Perfect. <laughs> Great. Okay. So this is your one episode. <laughs> Enjoy it. You have to speak in an accent for the rest of the episode. No, please don't. No, don't. don't. Um, <laughs> so right. school hard. School hard. School hard. Spike's intro is like so perfectly Spike. And I said this before, but I think Spike and Drusilla are very perfectly them. Like from the beginning... All of the things about them are always there. Like, even Spike's, like, when we learn, oh, he actually was a poet, and they said his poetry was bad, they still relate it back to them talking about he used railroad spikes. It's like, no, because his poetry was bad. Like, I feel like they are such perfectly formed characters immediately. Yeah. Um, And, you know, on any show, that's not as common, but especially on this show in an earlier season, that's very uncommon. Well, you know, there's, like, uh, I don't know, so if anyone here does broadcast news or, like, whatever, it's, like, that thing of, like, the clock and every minute has to be useful when you're on broadcast news. You There's no use for wasted time. This episode has no wasted moments. Right. And, like, some some of it required. Other things, like, you know, there's filler time or whatever of them just, like, talking about the monster, blah, blah, blah. Like, this has no wasted time. The Spike intro is perfect. Every scene makes use, like, every line moves something along. Even yeah. when they're just at the gym, you know, in the school... And the thing, and the um, parent-teacher night is going on, like, you have Joyce interacting with Snyder, and all these things, like, every conversation is actually moving things along, and it's just so well-crafted. Yeah, I would agree with that. Also, just you talking about, I'd never heard of that before, the, like, newsroom thing, and I just thought, well, good thing we're not on that in this podcast. No. (laughs) The appearance of uh, Spike and Drusilla also immediately and profoundly expands the kinds of vampires you can have on this show. Yes. Because before that, it was all about prophecy and ancient vampires contrasted with people who um, had just been turned and are dressed as like businessmen or or uh high school right, in their and, in their like death suit yeah their, right. whatever they were buried in or what whatever they died in right uh, or whatever they would have just been wearing the, the the last day that they were alive and those they were never expanded on uh there's a lot of even the master was not expanded on in any way right. in terms he never of like changed what his, his personality is and 
Yeah. And well, Darla changed her outfit clothes. To, to the exact same outfit, but in red. Yeah. Right. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I think that was a really big welcome. I think that there was a lot of thought put into what their backstories would be because you uh, immediately find out that even though they they kind of skipped a step in how it happened, there was like they, they introduced the, the the fact that Angel was his sire. Uh, they said sire in this episode when he was really yeah. his grandsire, yeah. as it was revealed later on. But they, they uh, I guess Joss Whedon, who created the characters, had really thought about them and really wanted to add a lot of depth. And it was pretty welcome. Well, not only is it a difference, I think, for what a villain could be, it's also just a difference. There's more differences to that and then also a difference in the way... Um, the villain or the arch villain even like kind of relates to the Scooby gang. Mm -hmm. So in the first season, it kind of feels like the master has all this knowledge about prophecy and like the gang is always working to keep up. Like they have to read the codex, they have to do this and they're like always like almost one step behind. And uh, Spike is introduced as a villain that really just like is go is flying by the seat of his pants and makes him unpredictable. Whereas the master is predictable on this day, he's going to do this and we have to plan as much as we can to thwart him. And the whole thing that this revolves around is the feast of St. Vigis, which is a prophecy of something happening. And Spike subverts that and catches them off guard. So and even says, I'm tired of waiting. Right. And so Spike is going to subvert prophecy and it's going to keep the Slayer and the Slayerettes on their toes. Um, so it's a, just a different dynamic in how this is, like, this. it's telling you this season, it's really rejecting the first season all the way, just be like, yeah. we're moving on, we're doing something totally new, and the villains are not going to, like, rely on that. We're, they're going to be flying by the seat of their pants and, like, doing, they're being unpredictable. So this is, like, really the episode where the season begins, where season two yeah. really kind of uh, contrasts with season yeah. one. I think I think we spoke in the last episode about how when she was bad was really a wrap up episode of like really dealing with the death of the master uh, or like the you know the death of the master and d- defeating his bones or like destroying his bones and her trauma and then you have some assembly required which is just like a filler and then this is like I I almost like I envy I imagine like if you were watching this show when it was first on like yeah. seeing this episode and being like oh shit like what this show can do and the possibilities for what they want to do are so much larger. Um, and in this episode, we even see Willow kind of like pick it up. Like she saves Cordelia when they yeah. all come into school. Like she like hits a vampire with something. I want to say it's like a statue or something. Yeah, it's like, like a bust. Yeah, and like saves Cordelia. So like, I really feel like the season gets moving with this because we get the two main villains for the first half who still bleed into the whole season and the whole show. Kind of, they're like, yeah. I feel like they're probably right. Like the only villains that like are kind of there. For the whole show. Oh, and then you never have, get killed. Yeah. Yeah. They're never... Yeah. Or at least not permanently die. so. Yeah. And Dr- I mean, Drusilla doesn't come back in the seventh season, but the first takes her form and she's not... I mean, she's not dead, but she's a vampire. Right, and then so. she's on yeah. Angel. Um, yeah. And also, this is the first episode where you see Principal Snyder being like willfully ignorant or like not willfully mm-hmm. ignorant, but like covering it up. Like we see his like... When he talks to that guy who I did a little trivia and it's... The guy from Seinfeld that sounds like his wife on the phone. Dan. Um, he's like, oh, PCP, gang-related? That's what we're going to say? And, like, we then learn that 
the principal knows exactly what's going on. Yeah, and that's going to come up later in season three where he says to call them. I mean, season two, at the very end, he says, when, call, the mayor, he says yeah. call the mayor. And so it's kind of like this larger, like, oh, there's a conspiracy theory going on where all the, like, major people in the town know what's happening. Oh, uh. Yeah, and, like, I even would have... I feel like they could have done even more of that, like, later on. Like, them as adults dealing with other adults who, like, are in on the, like, cover-up. Um, also, in this episode, Spike even mentions the Slayer from the Boxer Rebellion. And he mentions the one from New York City, but Does he doesn't, he? like... Okay. Well, because he says the last Slayer oh, right. who I killed begged for her oh, life. Boy. Which we never really see yeah. when he kills the Slayer in the 70s. She never begs for her life. But she has, like, a kid and, like... Right. Did he even know? I don't think he even knew that, did he? No, because that's Principal Wood. Right. right, he didn't even know, yeah. Anyway. Um, yeah, I just think it's so weird how it's, like, perfectly set up. And, I don't know, and Drusilla's scene is so good. Like, her intro, I feel like, is really good. Um, so good I that... We are going to do a live reading of that scene. Are there stage directions? Do we need to read them? Um, no? Yes, okay, there cool. are. And, yeah. Drusilla, you shouldn't be walking around. You're weak. Look at all the people. Are these nice people? We're getting along. This one has power. I can feel it from the outside. Yeah, he's the big noise in these parts. Anointed and all that. Do you like daisies? Hmm. I plant them, but they always die. Everything I put in the ground withers and dies. Spike, I'm cold. I've got you. I'm a princess. That's what you are. She pricks Spike on the cheek with her fingernail and a bead of blood flows out. She reaches up and licks it off. They move close to kiss, but don't, and instead look over at the anointed one. Me and Drew, we're moving in. Now. Any of you want to test who's got the biggest wrinklies around here? Step on up. I'll do your slayer for you. But you keep your flunkies from trying anything behind my back, deal? The anointed one nods. Drusilla bows her head down and puts her hand to her temples. I can't see her. The Slayer. I can't see. It's dark where she is. Kill her. Kill her, Spike. Kill her for me? It's done, baby. Kill her for Princess? I'll chop her into messes. You are my sweet, my little Spike. Can't intimate. So, how about the Slayer? Is she tough? And oh. scene. <laughs> I was saying when we were watching this episode before that, like, just like, first of all, I mean, it's obvious that their their chemistry is electric and just like the way they interact. But it, it always sounds like they're just like about to oh, have yeah. sex <laughs> in front of the anointed one. <laughs> like they're literally just like. There's everything it sounds like they talk about is like in code. Yeah, it's like everything she says is, I'm crazy, also I want to have sex. Like, it's like all those things are like all they ever talk about. But relatable, right? I mean, yeah, right? <laughs> That's like most people's brands. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's everyone on Twitter's brand, at least. I'm crazy, have sex with me? Yeah. 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 
Yeah. That's how I met both of you, right? Wow. Wow. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> so, also, I told you guys this. This is the first episode where I actually really liked Joyce when I was watching it. Because I really like that she goes back to help Buffy. And the, get the hell away from my daughter. Um, well, I think this is also the episode where jo- Joyce has the most to do. Like, yes. I think that Joss, at one point, had to be like, I, like, it can't... Need to do more, I yeah. can't just, because really what Joyce has been is, like, the go back to Buffy's house, and there's a scene of them in the bedroom, and she's going to talk in metaphors about growing up, becoming an adult, or chastise her for something, and, like, this is the first episode where Joyce has something to do. And what a first episode, like, yeah. basically, to really become this 3D character. I mean... Speaking with Principal Snyder, doubting Buffy, which everyone on the show does. Doubt we talked about that a few episodes mm-hmm. ago. How many people constantly doubt Buffy, and her mom included, and like wanting to speak to her in the car to completely turning around and in what I think is a little bit too fast. I think Joyce a little bit too quickly like is like, oh, I have a daughter who can take care of herself. It's like, is that what you took away from this <laughs> whole evening of being trapped in a school with these things that kill people? I mean, at least she but, also took away that Princess yeah. Snyder was a dickhead. Yeah, that's true. Um, yeah, I don't know. I think this episode is, yeah, we get a lot of, like, like, that's a big deal that they're invading the school. Like, that's, yes. And we, There's a lot of growth. There's a lot of yeah. newfound death. There's a lot of new things that can be done. Also, like, existing conventions. how many people do you think actually, like, I feel like so many people had to have actually died. Well, the teacher died. But, like, there had to have been, like, a bunch of other people. I mean, and the other girl, but. There were two teachers that died. Are there? The one whose snack was snapped. Oh, yeah. And the one that was pulled out the window. Yes. And I feel like there had to have been. Yeah. I kind of, and I mean, like, it's, I mean, obviously the Hellmouth opened up in the school, so we know the school isn't safe. But I think that the idea of, like, a gang of vampires being able to take over the whole school underscore, like, or not underscore, that's what I'm looking for, but it, like, really does make the school feel unsafe for the first time. Like, maybe yeah. the Hellmouth was, like, it was contained, it was this one thing, when the, but, like, the school now, the idea that, like, they could feel trapped in it, and, like, they're not in charge anymore, and it's not, neither the adults nor the Slayers and Slayerettes are in charge is a really different kind of feeling. Yeah. I just thought, oh, if my Spanish was better, we should have done that reading in Spanish. <laughs> that would be a terrible idea. <laughs> well, I feel like you two, your Spanish is like way better than mine. My Spanish is terrible. Oh, really? Yeah, I, I knew that. Oh, Only because I... he told me. Oh, okay. I just always assume I can fake is like it. way better than I'm just imagining David saying like some of the lines, like Drusilla's lines in her sing-songy British accent, but in Spanish. Do one. Yo soy una princesa. <laughs> yes! <laughs> Wait, I could respond to that, but I wouldn't be responding that correctly. <laughs> <laughs> Slow clap, everyone. Slow clap, Brianna. I'm like, how would I do all this in Spanish, but with my Spanish, like just the words I know? It would be really bad. Um, <laughs> you actually did have a little bit of a spike accent going there. I, was, I tried to. Mm. I was into it. I like, can do it better in Spanish than I can do it in English. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so also in this episode, um, they do that thing that they did in Some Assembly Required where there's like... Now I can't even remember her name. What's the other... Sheila? Sheila. Like, 
they kind of make it like a big deal that like Buffy has to work with her and then like she has turned a vampire and then they just never like like I feel like that's like for me only the only like bad thing in the high school years is that they do a lot of that where there's a lot of like oh this character they go to school with this character you never see this character again yeah because like at graduation day they bring back so many characters but like there's so many characters that they don't bring back at all yeah um yeah like and she gets away she doesn't even right doesn't she get away yeah she doesn't die yeah so like they could have very easily like brought her back for one episode to like attack buffy and get staked like right or just been like a minion of spikes yeah because spikes sired her yeah so like that would make sense that she like fights with spike and drusilla um so for me that would be the only like downside is that like that always really bothers me. Um, and it even bothered me because Joss Whedon was like pretty good about it. The times when he does do it, I feel like are very obvious. Like, you know, Harmony and Jonathan and like even Scott Hope like come back in a few episodes. I mean, Scott Hope doesn't, but he's in like the string of whatever many He's episodes. in more than one episode yeah. though, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I mean, after those episodes, you never see him again. But like, he does a pretty good job. And like Larry, like you see him again. And like, so I almost wish that like she was a character... Because, like, she gets away, and that seems unlike Buffy to let a vampire get away. Right. Like, she literally... I mean, clearly that's unlike her. She's a vampire slayer, so... Right. (laughs) That one time I thought she was going to let a vampire get away. She, like, threw this really long stick at her. The one that was feeding off Riley. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And that almost feels, like, a little cruel when you watch that. Right. Right? Yeah. (laughs) In season five. Yeah, Yeah, yeah. Um, we're getting off subject, David. Jeez, David, <laughs> we're trying to, like, stick to one episode, and you're just, like, bogging us down. God, David. Alright, fuck, Mary kill, Spike, <laughs> Drusilla, Principal Snyder. What? Everyone's always gonna kill Principal Snyder. Alright. Kill Principal Snyder, fuck Drusilla, marry Spike. Yes. Yeah, I guess you're right, same thing, yeah. Anyway, anyway, let's talk about the confrontation between, um, or not like just like the conversation between Angel and Spike. Oh, right. And how they interact in this episode and how they kind of use, how Angel uses Xander as bait. It's like one of the only times Xander has like very good reason to be really pissed off and he like isn't that pissed off about it. No, he was very smug, like, because he yeah. thought that, well, I mean... His reasoning for being against Angel was probably most likely his crush on Buffy. Right. So he was vindicated in a way by the fact that Angel was going to eat him, but at the same time, Angel was about to eat him. So I guess <laughs> the joy was a bit muted. All right. Fair. I don't. I. I mean, I don't exactly see why Xander would be mad at Angel. I think that he just. If anything, it's more this like stupid machismo bullshit because I wouldn't many... be mad at that. You wouldn't be mad if someone Can didn't I finish tell me... my thought. Or are you just gonna talk over me? Oh yeah. <laughs> <sighs> because first of all, they ask, and Xander himself asks Cordelia to be bait a million times, and literally all he's doing in this episode is being bait. Whenever you're bait, like as Cordelia constantly has to be bait, 
in other in other episodes, you are in danger. He knows that Angel's not gonna fucking bite him. Like, actually, he didn't seem to know that. Yeah, he didn't. That's because Xander he is spoke it into his Xander, kid. Like, that's because I'll... Xander is skeptical of Angel. But Angel right. doesn't say like you're gonna be the bait. Yeah, they, this was all. This was uh, with Cordelia. They tell her right. This was not rehearsed. Yeah, it wasn't rehearsed. That's why, like, I would be really fucking pissed if, like, you two were like, oh, let's go see what the villains are doing, and then pretended to be evil and, like, gripped me up and, like, presented me, and then we're like, oh, it's just, just to see, guys. God. That's true, I guess. But it's interesting that Spike was able to tell, like, he knew something Well, that's the interesting thing, is that, like, Angel really doesn't have a tell the way, like, yeah. he doesn't, it do, like, from our perspective, we can't tell, but, like, Spike is written as to be able to tell right away. Yeah. And I always think with the with the power of like future knowledge, knowing that like Spike and Angel had like a little thing, a little fling that I feel like that's like a nod to how close they are. Yeah, and I mean like the four of them with Darla and Drusilla, like they basically lived together and like for like years and years, so I guess you like we sometimes talk about, like, comics and things that happened after the show. Right. And so you've heard about, like, the Spike and Angel fling, right? He's watched all of Angel. Oh, uh, It was uh, right? mentioned, like, uh, in, in an episode of... of, of uh, I think there was... Uh, yeah. The exact line was that one time with Spike. Yeah. Maybe? Yeah. Yeah. And they don't like... But, yeah. Because you've watched all of Angel, right, David? Yes. Yeah, yeah. I um, haven't. Matthew has not. But I know that that happens from reading stuff. It's rough, you know. It's it's not not everyone who loves Buffy can love Angel. Well, it's and the show even made like Buffy made fun of Angel once, like the the the, the show, like the premise of Angel. When um, we can't charge people for helping them. Oh yeah. Be- mm-hmm. Well, because also, I mean, Angel's in the beginning before it gets a, a much bigger arc is like a, a detective show right or like a film noir well so we've been me and um my boyfriend have been going through season one we are one episode away from the finale and he said which i didn't even realize there's never a b-plot in those first episodes it's like strictly straight up angel like someone comes in for help he needs to do the thing he goes to do the thing sometimes cordelia and wesley are with him sometimes they're not Sometimes there's like a couple episodes where literally Cordelia and Wesley do nothing but like talk in the beginning when whoever needs help, and then you don't see them again till they're like at the end of the episode recapping what happened. Is the other guy before we go back to school hard? Is the other guy in season one at all the the black guy? Is he, he is. He in comes season... in in the third to last episode. Just, we just watched it. He's in the third to last episode, and then he's in the next episode. And I think he's. I haven't. We haven't rewatched the finale yet. And I don't know those episodes as well. I think he's also in the finale. And then I think immediately in season two, he's like in the credits, okay. I think. Cool. So further episodes in both series <laughs> established this relationship that we begin don't to see. Don't ground our podcast in what we're <laughs> supposed to be talking about again. <laughs> in, the, in the interaction that we see in uh, School Hard. Let's talk about that iconic Joyce moment. Okay. Of her being Queen Joyce and hitting Spike with an axe. <laughs> it's I told you, it's like one of the first moments where I really liked Joyce. Um, because I feel like... It makes sense because she is Buffy's mom. Like, And Buffy, even if she weren't the Slayer, like, I don't know. I just feel like she sees her daughter fighting. So of course she would want to like... So right. when I used to watch it with my mom, my mom always hated Joyce because she said Joyce didn't help her enough. And Joyce always was more of a hindrance. Right. 
And in most episodes, that is kind of true. Um, Becoming. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, like, in this episode, she actually literally saves her. And it's kind of the only time, right? Well, you know, the other day we went to go see Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2. We were talking about um, how well... Joss, and I loved it, and Baby Groot was wonderful. <laughs> how well Joss does alternate families. Yeah. And Buffy is always kind of at the tension of alternate family versus birth family. And um, this is an episode where, like, birth family is allowed to, like, be yeah. important and prominent and stuff like that. Uh, and I thought that he did the, like connection between a single mom and a single daughter like really well like just like them being a unit them being to lean on, lean on each other so much because the, the overall thing of the episode too is like about Joyce being so concerned for Buffy in her schooling and stuff like that and I think to like kind of see Joyce step up and want to you know well not just want to save Buffy's life but like that's her daughter like obviously just want to do that but like to jump into the fray because he does have that moment where she's supposed to be walking outside with the other adults and he sh- he shows Joyce make like a conscious decision to turn around and be like I know yeah like m- say like you know seeing that my daughter is okay is more important than me leaving the school right now well I mean J- Joyce would have to be like a decent person for Buffy to be you know the the fan like the person that she is right um Buffy's a caring um resourceful young woman and you know she's moved around a bit her father um even when he was involved in her life was a dick so yeah. Joyce would be, be like the the most reasonable source of any good uh character tra- uh, traits that Buffy has picked up on well, it's interesting because, I mean, we've talked on the show, too, is, like, Buffy has powers that she has because she's the Slayer, but right. what makes her the best Slayer is that she has all these other things. She right. has friends. Yeah. She has friends. And That's then, like also... She I has mean, a great ensemble She cast. has to have the ability to maintain those friendships and right. for that it relies on her being a good person i mean and yeah and now that's like her mom like you know kendra says later yeah. that she was ripped away from her parents right. to like live with her watcher and she doesn't have any to be a slayer yeah and i'm pretty sure faith has no parents yeah so like well faith mom yeah well his her dad was still alive but he was he's revealed in the comics to be like Oh, right, yeah, yeah. Um, a trash person. Yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, no, ostensibly no parents. Like, yeah. just no, role, let's say, parental fig- parental figures. Yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, and then at the end of the episode, Joyce says that Principal Snyder said that she would, Buffy was a troublemaker, and Buffy is like, looks upset, and then Joyce is like, and I could care less. I have a daughter to take care of herself. I'm going to sleep better knowing that. And like... Also, that's the first time someone defends her against Snyder, because he's, like, immediately a nightmare and is against Buffy. And, you know, Giles, like, kind of stands up to him, but he mostly just, like, he was out to get her and really wanted to embarrass her with her mother. Like, clearly he wanted to be like, your daughter is garbage, and, like, have Joyce agree with him. And she doesn't. And that's, like, kind of really great, because Buffy clearly gets nervous about Principal Snyder because he's not a monster she can fight. He's just, like, a dick. And, like, there's nothing... She can't, like, kill him. He's not a demon. And, like, so her mom, like, picks it up and, like, totally defends her. And that's, like, sweet. <laughs> so do you know where the title of the episode comes from? Trivia? I do not. 
school having been hard. So it's named apparently after Die Hard, um, the movie, and oh, because it and borrows she goes some in plot the... elements, she goes in the vents. And yeah. Stuff like so it's apparently taken from Die Hard. Huh. huh. Well, I learned something today. Um. Yeah. How would you? How do we all grade the episode? This is like this is Buffy at its best. It's an A for me. David, I'd say an A. I think I would say. Here he goes. I know. I think I would say unpopular a. opinion alert. No, fuck off. I think I would. I think I would say a minus. Okay. Only just because it has like the like so many scenes are just too dark and like just like you the, mean like. Not well literally, lit. yeah, like literally, oh, yeah. like. But that was a big problem. Yeah, earlier in the show. Um, Still not as bad as season one. Where yeah, you can, like barely see where there's lots of scenes on the screen. Where there was lots of scenes, like yeah, you literally can't tell what's going on. I mean, even with like watching it on Hulu, they like brighten a lot of the scenes, but then it makes it look really grainy. Mm-hmm. Um, but I actually still prefer that because I'm like, well, at least I can see what's going on. Right. Like I know Joss Whedon like really hates it, but doesn't. But I mean. Some of the scenes have to be dark. They're in the school, and he wants to give you the sense of, like, not being able to... Okay, but, like, we've seen a million things where it's like, okay, no one can see, but, like, you can still see what the characters are doing. Um, Don't get an attitude with me. You had to... Viewers can't see. Listeners can't see. But he gave me, like, the biggest stank face. So, A-. minus. <laughs> um, yeah, I feel like that's all we have to say about these two episodes. Oh, wait, No! What grade do we give some assembly required? Oh, um, C minus D. What? Wow. Jesus. I think I say C. We were not paying attention to it. We did it for our audience. Uh, you should know wow, that. Really pulling the curtain back. God, right I know. Well, oh my gosh. We, is, this, is this bonus content? <laughs> the three of us, plus some guests, enjoyed a, a pleasant viewing together of the two episodes. And we did not pay any attention. <laughs> <laughs> but Matthew and I have already watched them, like, and we we had, I had just watched the both of them like last week. So yes, me too. Um, I've probably seen what's the name of it? Some assembly. <laughs> Some assembly required twice in my life, like once uh, first airing, and then maybe on one of my rewatches. To, maybe just to remind myself why I wouldn't. Have watch you never it rewatched the whole series with someone who hasn't seen it? With somebody else that hasn't seen it there? No. Oh, okay. Because for me, I've seen a lot of the episodes, even episodes like that, a bunch of times because yeah, same. every person that's ever dated me has had to watch the whole entire series. I, I mean, I've, I've had friends in like other towns that would just like talk okay. to, like text me uh, while, uh, while watching episodes uh, just to let me know what they th- thought about it. Um, I think at least one of them did resort to one of the guys that told them not to watch certain, like, which episodes not to watch. And I I would imagine that some assembly required would be on one of those. Yeah, that's fair. Um, but I think I would give it a C. Maybe a C plus. I'll give it a straight C. Yeah, yeah, I'd go with C. Alright, well, thanks for listening. Can I just also... Yes. Point out that we almost forgot to grade. <laughs> I know that's that's how good <laughs> the episode is. <laughs> wow, that is fair. I blame Ian. Blame me for everything. Okay. I just tried See, to think. I now, just you're, tried, now you're Don. I just tried to think of something good in you're Spanish. Not Buffy, I could yell at you, but I couldn't think of anything. <laughs> um. Uh. So, 
Hey, Ian, if people yeah. want to follow you on Twitter, where can they go? Um, they can go to at Ian X Carlos. Where can they follow you, dearest David? I am discreet Latino. And it's like discreet, like covered up, not discreet like math. Yes. It's E E T, not E T E. What? There's a time of math called discrete math that's spelled D I S C R E T E. I don't know how to do a math. (laughs) Or something that's like separate would be discrete rather than something that's. I didn't major in math. Okay. And um, (laughs) you can follow me at Matthew Rodriguez. That's Matthew with one T and Rodriguez with a G and a Z. And you can also follow SlayerFest98 on Twitter. Mm. Where can they follow SlayerFest98? At SlayerFestX98 on Twitter. Yeah, follow us and we love you. Oh, SlayerFest98 was taken? Yes, it was. Yeah. Yeah. We're SlayerFestX98, but you know what? It's whatever. It's cool. It's on brand for me. The X. Yeah, the X was his idea. My idea was (laughs) SlayerFest98Pod. Which one would you vote for? <laughs> if those are your two options. I'm afraid. <laughs> well. I'm sensually grabbing his leg. <laughs> sp- that doesn't look sensual. It looks like pain. <laughs> End of podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Bye. Thanks for listening. Bye.